The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Welcome back to another program here on the Shepherd Radio Network Afternoons with Mike. It's a joy to have you here. Back for a second visit is Andre Klass from the Christian Tech Center. It's a nonprofit community service ministry, and they help individuals, they help people who have a need, and he's going to be explaining all of that, plus the news of a big event just around the corner, a gala that celebrates their one-year anniversary. Andre, great to have you back. Absolutely, Mike. Glad to be back on the air with you again, and indeed, it's a very exciting time as we celebrate a full year of service helping those in need across the Central Florida community with technology and uh, our 501c3 is going to be celebrating with our upcoming gala on May 27th from 6 to 9 p.m. at Harvest Time International. Now, that's a week from tomorrow. The, that's right. So it's just eight days away now at Harvest Time International. And uh, is Harvest Time International, is that a church building? Is that what that is? It's another nonprofit slash church building slash ministry. Uh, Pastor John Murphy, who is the director and founder of that organization, has been gracious enough to invite us to have our event in their space. Wow, and that's so nice. It's amazing how we've been able to build so many relationships and develop so many interagency partnerships with other ministries and nonprofit organizations across the Central Florida region, uh, organizations such as Rescue Outreach Mission, Angels of Mercy, Habitat for Humanity, and many, many more. That's great. You're doing a great work. And this event, it is, uh, it's really powered by now. There's a, a, an attorney's firm, Gagnon, Izel, is it Izel? Yes. And Rigby. There we go. That's the um, main title sponsor for this event. Again, at Harvest Time International, it's a gala. And I, I know it's going to be a, a fun night. So give us the details on what it takes for somebody to get to come to this thing. Absolutely. And it's uh, open to the public. Uh, we are selling tickets right now at ChristianTechCenter.com and then uh, forward slash gala. And uh, uh, we've been very, very blessed that not only that the use of the event space is being donated, but the food's being donated from uh, Hollerbacks, Chianti's, Chick-fil-A, and uh, Pixie's Magical Bakery that's uh, opening up uh, right next to our us in our plaza. Uh, we have uh, door prize raffles, uh, silent auction, and uh, we also are going to have, of course, a formal dinner and some really great talent that's going to be presenting. We have uh, the world-famous Christian singer-songwriter Joe Nestor, uh, C.J. Bisa. We have, uh, he's an author, missionary, and a motivational speaker. And uh, we also have Thomas Edison as our featured presentation. <laughs> now, we weren't able to raise him from the dead, but we got the very next best thing. And uh, so it's going to be a very wonderful high-class event. And uh, because everything putting this together has been donated, um, including all the prizes, all the food, the space. So 100% of the proceeds from the event ticket sales, the raffle tickets, and the silent auction are all going to support our ministry as we continue to help families in need across Central Florida. And as you might remember, technology has become the biggest barrier to quality of life, academic opportunity, employment, uh, social integration. And in the year that we've already been serving the community, we've already given out over 300 free computers to families in need and other smaller nonprofits to facilitate their programs. And if you multiply the average retail price of a computer of around $500 times 300, uh, that's $150,000 of economic impact, measurable economic impact over this first year since we opened the doors on May 10th of that's, last year. That's something amazing. Now, many would say that we uh, have this love-hate relationship with this thing called a computer. I mean, it, it is so important. As you look around this studio, you'll see a number of computers sitting here. And while I hate what computers has in some ways brought America uh, it's the window to the world and a lot of problems at the same time let's be real we've got to have it so it's all in handling it and the processing of it but you're right a lot of people really can't afford uh, a computer or if they get one and it breaks what do they do 
uh, there's a lot of people that they just don't have a lot of means for repairs. And that's part of what you do, right? Absolutely. We do offer repair services as well to the general public on a donation-supported basis. And anyone who's in a situation of need where they can't afford to have their computer repaired, we fix it for free. So give us a little bit of the background, Andre, as to the vision. And I know you started this now. It's just over a year, about ready to have your birthday. And that's the cause for the gala. What was it that drove you to want to open up this concept? Well, well, it started with finding my relationship with Jesus when I ran for county commissioner in the 2020 election, and I was originally invited to Lake Mary Church while I was getting signatures at Seminole State, and uh, while I was running for office, I was also undergoing a process where I was establishing biblical foundations and being discipled. And after the 2020 election, I knew what I wanted to do in my life had to be something where I'd be able to honor God with my talents and honor God through service in the community. And uh, one thing that I've been observant to is that uh, over my political campaign, as well as being a professional computer technician by trade, is that there are so many people out there that are in a struggling situation where having access to a reliable working computer system can potentially make all the difference. And so this is a mission that the Lord put upon my heart, and uh, uh, we're also now celebrating 15 years as a certified computer technician since I originally became certified, uh, A-plus certified in May of 2008 back in high school. So, of course, mm-hmm. knowing how important computers are to quality of life, um, when the Lord told me it was time to take that leap of faith, I just quit my job, put all my savings that I had into this mission, and then no turning back. And now here we are a whole year later where we've been already able to make such a huge measurable community impact. And I know this is just going to be the beginning. And of course, uh, as we continue to help those in need in the community, um, we've been actively reconditioning more and more computer hardware, working on even more larger scale projects, uh, even helping with uh, other smaller churches, other missionaries. Uh, Believe it or not, we actually have computers right now in Zimbabwe. We have computers in Panama, uh, we have, uh, we're going to be soon having a computer or two in Kenya, and uh, it's just exciting all the different ways that the Lord has been using this project as a means to glorify Him and serving any and all in need across Central Florida, and it's been uh, quite the exciting journey. Now, you mentioned learning all of this and getting certified while you were in high school. Back then, did, is that uh, something that you knew you wanted to do to be part of this whole computer technology industry? Well, um, my very first job, of course, was at a flight simulation company, and really aviation was my biggest passion and uh, still is one of my passions. And uh, as it ended up being as I was growing up, of course, I was heavily involved in playing video games. Like, I grew up with Roller Coaster Tycoon and Worms Armageddon, okay? (laughs) Um, (laughs) You were a gamer. So I was a bit of a PC gamer, and then I started tinkering with them more, and then um, my interest... uh, continue to evolve and expand as and uh, as I continue to get more hands-on and develop more of my skills, develop more of an affinity for troubleshooting and preparation. Uh, so really, uh, I had no clue growing up where I wanted to be or how my life would end up. And all I can say is that it's God's big plan. We don't necessarily know how his plan works, but God always has a bigger plan in every situation, and I've been able to, over these past several years, continue to grow my experience, continue to uh, grow my skills, and of course, as technology continues to progress and develop, I always say the best technicians are always learning, because unfortunately, the technology that we have, it's never an absolute thing. It's always changing, but one thing that really stands out is just, uh, just how God ended up using me trying to run for a political office to end up bringing me to know him and develop a very strong relationship with him, which is what gives me my joy every time I wake up in the morning, knowing that I'm able to use my talents and the giftings that God had anointed me with as a means to be able to serve him. And really with this gala, that's just another example of how God's been able to open doors mightily. Uh, So back in July of last year, the day after we anointed our facility, and I uh, had my friend Pastor Andy Searles from uh, Church Together. Uh, he what, came, we love Andy. Yes, he came over to my office with a bunch of the guys from my church, and we anointed the building and prayed over the facility. And the very next day, on July 1st of last year, 
Google banned us. They banned our business profile, wiped us off the face of their search engine, and uh, it was like a tooth and nail fight for weeks on end. And from that happening... How could they do that? I mean, that's just the craziest thing. I know, and it, it made absolutely no sense. They claimed we were flagged for quote-unquote suspicious activity. Yeah, you're a, because you had the word Christian in your name, right? Uh, possibly. I can't really say for sure. It's difficult to speculate, but the point of the story is this. From this happening, uh, Aura Lynn from Angels of Mercy, one of our interagency partners, she introduced me to attorney Mike Agnon. And uh, over the past year, uh, Mike and I have become very close friends. And then, uh, sure enough, uh, when uh, our original tile sponsor ended up backing out on us at the last minute, Mike stepped in to become our new tile sponsor and facilitating this event being able to happen. So what the enemy tried to use for evil, God had a bigger plan and use it for an ultimate good. And so we're able to have our first anniversary gala with a great venue, great food, great prizes, and great talent and uh, being able to raise money to help support our ministry. I mean, it's absolutely a huge blessing. It it certainly sounds like it. And, you know, when you have a battle like that, I'm just so, uh, you know, kind of curious as to uh, what, you know, what's going on in the mind of that company, Google, that uh, this whole cancel culture that's just been so troublesome for so many groups. Here it is, you just open up and they do that. What kind of steps did you have to walk through? How long was it from the time that 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 uh, that prohibition for your company happened until you got back up into being online? It was really a matter of uh, like even trying to go through the normal appeals channels. We weren't even getting anywhere. It was a matter of like I was just blowing up whatever email I can find for whoever was a senior staff person or executive level contact at, at Google. At Google, yeah. And then eventually, thankfully. After about three weeks, uh, we were able to get back on there. But that that did hurt our traffic a little bit. And also, I mean, literally, they're impeding the accessibility of our resources, to of the knowledge of our resources to those who needed them. And that right, was sure. one of those things that really bothered me. Because especially since, as you know, Mike, we serve any and all. And uh, believe it or not, we actually get a a large number of uh, referrals from a lot of outside agencies too, including those in the LGBTQ community. And from those experiences, we're able to showcase what the love of God is all about because many of these folks have only experienced rejection, they felt abandonment, and they have no incentive whatsoever to open their hearts up or turn back to God. And just recently, something that really stood out to me was one of their the clients that had received a computer from us a few weeks ago, they called my office this week and asked me, hey, can you come by and uh, to help me with troubleshooting the computer? And when you come, can you also bring me a Bible? Wow. Oh, my goodness. That's amazing. Yeah, that people that oh. are getting, that we're not just helping people in the community, but we're planting seeds of faith. Even in people that might have already given up on God, God's not given up on them. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Now, you mentioned Joe. You know Joe. You attend church with him. He's local. So tell us a little bit about what you anticipate from Joe Nestor. Well, Joe is an absolutely amazing musician. And uh, his, I mean, this his works are literally top-notch. And uh, so I know that he's prepared a set list where it's going to be some very, very powerful music, very inspirational music that he's going to be sharing about his journey And uh, indeed, many of the clients that we have been servicing are also individuals that are in recovery. And uh, it really shows like when God has a vision for your life and how you can execute upon that vision and uh, being able to inspire, make an impact using your talents. And it's just like with our ministry that uh, it's 1 Peter 4.10, the the early letters of the church in Corinth, how do you use your gifts and talents to honor God and grow the kingdom. I mean, just and just recently, you know, I just watched a movie, a really powerful movie at my life group leader, Sean's house. Uh, it's called uh, Jesus Revolution. I'm sure mm. everybody listening to this show has heard of it. And, uh, and yeah. uh, of course, as you know, the show was in the, it was highlighting that time back in the early 70s where you had a bunch of, of the next generation who are lost, 
are broken, trying to find their way, what is truth, what is there for them, what is purpose, and really that can only be found in Jesus Christ. And uh, we're seeing the same parallels today that we have a lot of corruption from the culture of this world. People are facing a lot of confusion with politics, identity, this, that, and the other. And uh, one thing that hasn't changed from those times is that Jesus is the answer. He's an all-knowing, all-loving God, ready to welcome you into his kingdom. And uh, it's a free gift of salvation that you don't have to earn because it's uh, the price of it has already been paid through his brutal sacrifice that he had to undergo for mm, us. Yeah. The blood shed on the cross. And uh, everybody uh, is saying, oh, that's a good movie. What an amazing revolution. I'm like, it's not over. It's still going on yeah. to this very day. This is a critical time of revival. And, of course, we as believers and the foot soldiers of the kingdom we know there's a lot more work to do, and I'm blessed to be able to play such a, a small part, but an integral part, because in the end, it's not about me, it's all about him. Well, you know what? You're doing a work that is needed, and it is exciting, and I'm so glad to see so many people come through and offer their help to you in this. It's one-year anniversary. The program itself is, again, going to be on May 27th at 6 p.m. to 9 p.m., and it's going to be up at Harvest Time International. And that is 225 Harvest Time Drive up in Sanford. And it's the first anniversary gala of the Christian Tech Center Ministries. Uh, door prizes, silent auction. What's going to be auctioned off, Andre? Oh, we have some really great prizes. We have everything from celebrity and sports memorabilia to amusement park tickets. Uh, and uh, we have some really nice fine art pieces and vacation travel vouchers uh, amongst uh, some of the items uh, so, of course, uh, some of you might be able to take home some really unique, original, non-replicable items. Some of you might be able to take home opportunities for some really special memories with your family. And the best part about it is that everything that we get in, it's all going to help support our ministry. And uh, we do still have uh, not only individual tickets available, but we still have tables available so if you for have, sponsors, that's right. So mm -hmm. if you have a business or organization that would be interested in attending with your team, uh, of course, uh, we definitely would welcome you to uh, place your reservation. The website is christiantechcenter.com forward slash gala. And of course, our organization is always looking for businesses and uh, other nonprofits and other organizations that have uh, surplus technology that they're in the process of uh, cycling out. And, of course, for sponsorships as we continue to grow and expand the availability of our programs. Uh, we're currently on pace to double our capacity, uh, double our output over our previous year. But, of course, uh, whatever support we can get only helps us to continue to magnify the impacts and reach more people for Jesus. It's really clear that a lot of people are coming together and joining you in your efforts that God has put in your heart. Andre Klass, the founder of this organization, the Christian Tech Center is uh, located where? Now tell us your where, where your actual location would be. You got it, Mike. So the Christian Tech Center Ministries Workshop is located at 1006 West State Road 434 in Longwood, zip code 32750. Our phone number is 407-545-8090, and our website is christiantechcenter.com. And one thing I should add, Mike, is that uh, in addition to being a resource for technology, we also like to avail ourselves as a resource of faith. So if you have a prayer request uh, that you need uh, prayer for, and I'm always glad to pray for over you, even at the office or on the phone. And uh, we also have uh, free Bibles. We give away free Bibles. No questions asked. Just come on in. That's if you awesome, want a Bible, man. you can take home a Bible. Andre Class, thank you for dropping by. We wish you the best on the 27th, okay? Thank you so much, Mike. God bless, and we'll be back in a moment. Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, yes, and yes, visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855-481-9095.
Palm Beach Atlantic University Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. Back again with my guest today, Buddy Shelton, a pro golfer that is now retired. He lives in the Villages area, and I had the most delightful meeting with him kind of renewing uh the since years earlier i had first met him in what one of those uh fateful days that i was playing golf and it's um it's easy to forget him except for the fun that i had and part of the fun that i had that day back then was uh, getting to listen to you and watch you do these crazy trick shots in your exhibitions you do this one where you're the happy gilmore shot as i i think it was called where you're kind of like winding the club and approaching the ball almost at a gallop and then you time it out just right and you wallop that ball and it it was like the best drive I'd ever seen before. I don't know how you do that. But there's a lot of trick sh- shooters out there, aren't there? Yeah, there are. And in my case, uh I don't know how I do it either. You know, it's uh, I've got a <laughs> that's true. That, that wasn't ready for that. <laughs> I've got a very simple swing. Uh, I just take it back and swing it through. And I think there's just three or four fundamentals you got to get in the golf swing. And what's crazy is I majored in physics and uh, in school. And I found that if you just take natural ability and put physics with it, then things just fall in place. Yeah. The but it's everybody's trying to override physics. They're yeah. trying to make things happen that just won't happen and have good results. So in my case, I clearly didn't understand physics and I had absolutely no natural ability. <laughs> so that's why my golf game stinks. That's why you're so good on radio. <laughs> <laughs> had to find something else I could do. That's great. Oh my goodness. We were talking uh, earlier and I was laughing when I was telling Buddy, I said, uh, I, I'm, uh, I'm less than average of a golfer and, and tell everyone your remark that you answered back. I told him that it wasn't bad because everybody's bad. There's no average. average is bad. Yes, the average is bad. (laughs) So I'm worse than bad, friends, and that's the way it is. Buddy, you know, when you do these things, you do all of these exhibitions right from the fly. You don't have a script. You're not really thinking things through. I know every group that you perform for. They're all different, aren't they? Yes. So it'd be difficult, I would think, to prepare, but you've got this natural ability to just stand up in front of all these people and somehow relate to them all. And I don't know what it is, if it's uh, like a little bit of just strong sense of self-confidence that you have uh, matched up with a, a real quick wit. I know it's it's dry at times, but buddy, if there's one thing about you, it's a quick wit. It doesn't take you long to come up with something to say. Yeah, I'm quick off the cuff. And yeah. for some reason, I notice things about people. And even when I speak after the tournament and stuff, people will come up to me and I'm known a little bit as the Don Rickles of golf. <laughs> That's right. The, That's right. And, and you kind of insult people as you go, yeah, and you know, they love it. We were walking through uh, one of the airports, and somebody came over and wanted to introduce me. They recognized me, and come to find out it was the president of A&T, AT&T. Uh-huh. And so the guy came over, and he said, Buddy, good to see you. And his name was John. I forgot his last name. And the guy with him wasn't sure who I was. He thought maybe I was a customer or something other <laughs> like that because here's this CEO and stuff. And the guy finally said, what, what do you do, buddy? And John spoke up and said, we hire him to insult our customers. <laughs> That's it. That's what you do. And you do it with a smile and people are dying laughing when you do it. And the other crazy thing is after I insult you, you come up afterwards and want my autograph and a picture taken. <laughs> and I even think that is stupid. <laughs> even you are amazed at that, right? Well, it is really, really funny. And I've, I've, uh, can attest to the fact that watching you perform, you do some really, truly trick shots. Tell us about a few of those. 
uh, I take two clubs at a time, right-handed and left-handed, and walk down a line of balls and hit them all. And then I'll uh, maybe take um, stack a couple of balls up and hit a shot and uh, hit one on the green and catch the other one in my hand and throw it on the green. And uh, I do play blindfolded. The uh, I did an exhibition years ago for the Blind Society at Disney, and for nine holes I shot 42, which is six, oh. six over par. <laughs> blindfolded. Yeah. And That's just not fair, man. But if you think about it, it's scripture, you know. The uh, I don't walk by sight, I walk by faith. <laughs> That's it. And so you don't need to see in order to hit that ball. No. How, you, how do you address the ball? How do you know where the ball even is? The If I'm doing it by myself, uh, I'll have the blindfold, pull it up, and I'll set the club down behind it, and then I'll pull the blindfold back down. Okay. But so that, you have an original starting place then. Yeah. Now, my caddy, when I did the thing at Disney, uh, he would set the club down behind the ball, but we would discuss how far the shot is, whether I should curve it a little right or a little left and that type thing. And I've always been able to try to figure things out. The, you know, I work on my own cars and all that kind of stuff. If I don't know what it is, I just take a part off and go into the shop and say, what is this? I need one of these. (laughs) (laughs) This thing is not working. Yeah. (laughs) That's great. um, The, uh, I had one problem with the putting, the blind golfers, they can feel 30 feet or 40 feet and God just gave them a feel for how Mm -hmm. hard to hit it. I couldn't do that part. So I told my caddy, go stand next to the hole and talk to me and I will put to your voice. Are you kidding? Yeah. So that's the way it worked. Oh my goodness. And you shot a 42 on nine holes. Yeah. 42 and blindfolded. And the sad thing for Disney Corporation was the president of Disney uh, played with me, and I beat him eight shots. Oh, <laughs> and his eyes were open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the kind of humiliation that comes when you're a golfer, when you're not a golfer and you're a golfer. <laughs> and that's what happens. Buddy, tell us some of the stories. You've gotten all these years on the tour. What were some of the funny things that happened to you when you were traveling? Oh, gosh. Uh, probably one of the funniest ones is, and of course, I've, had, I've done uh, four infomercials, uh, three golf infomercials and one uh, oil on oil company because I race cars for a hobby. Okay. Yeah, because golf's a little too dull. <laughs> <laughs> you race cars. Is that right? Yeah. Like at a... Uh... Like like one of these uh, weekend type of uh, funny car places or what? The uh, yeah, I do uh, drag racing and I do uh, road racing. Wow. The uh, matter of fact, I just picked up a, another drag car and I don't know if Ruth's gonna let me drive it, but it's just a '57 Chevy with a 454 cubic inch engine in it. So wow, you know they'll hear me driving around the villages sometimes. <laughs> That's it. And it's not a golf cart, right? <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> My goodness. The uh, But uh, one of the funny ones she likes is uh, when you do the infomercials and people have also seen you in exhibitions and these type things and speaking at churches or charities, The uh, there's always somebody going to recognize you. And a guy came up to me in an airport and he had some people with him and he came over and he said, oh, gosh. Oh, I've seen your shots. You've oh, this is so good. And he's telling everybody this guy plays blindfolded, hits off his knees, and he's snapping his fingers, looking at me like he's going to say who I am. <laughs> and finally, I thought he's not going to remember who I am. So I said, Buddy Shelton. He said, No, no. <laughs> <laughs> he thought you were kidding. <laughs> That's when you should have said Jack Nicholas. That's who I am. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Oh, my goodness. Buddy, this is great. When you're when you're traveling around, how did pro golfers, like at your level, how did you get around from all of the places you played? Did you just book an airline ticket? Uh, didn't have that much money. Oh, you drove. <laughs> so I drove to quite a few. And I've always, I had a, a motorhome for a long time. Then, yeah. And even in the years of doing well with the trick shot exhibitions, I would travel in a motorhome to keep from unpacking and going to hotels and I've just pull up to the golf course. We're going to do the exhibition at and stay there for two days and pull out the umbrellas and cook a steak on the side of the motor home and that type of stuff. Hmm. What would be the most fun experience you've had on the road? Oh gosh. 
Uh, that's a tough one. You know, every place I go, uh, I find something fun to do. Uh, and every event I do is just as funny to me as mm-hmm. it is the people I'm entertaining. And that's, I know you weren't supposed to laugh at your own jokes, <laughs> but I get such a kick out of saying something that I know is funny. And then they back it up with all the fun. Yeah. And so the, everything's fun. And, and of course, I'll, I'll tell you something that's kind of fun to me. Since I, everybody knows my trick shots, and most of them know that if I'm going to speak at dinner, I'm going to roast a few of the head guys. Yeah, that's right. And it's hilarious. And I did a, and this is funny to me, what people do. I did a show at Boston University, and uh, believe it or not, they invited me back. And I even <laughs> gave some testimony at each one. They invited me back for 10 years to speak at their annual sports banquet. You know, that here's a good old redneck that flies uh, the flag <laughs> going to Boston University, which is a little liberal. The, uh, but the first time I went up there, the executive vice president's assistant comes to me and she says, we know that you're pretty strong on roasting people and stuff. And here's a list of people that we don't think you should say something about. And I thought, that's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> those people are dead. <laughs> <laughs> if they're, you, they're not going to fight back. If you think I'm going to skip these people, you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Oh, my goodness. What would be the most difficult experience that you can think of when you think about a place that like, Oh man, that was rough. Were, were there ever a moment where you had like what uh, the commercials would call a Southwest moment where you just wanted to disappear? The, the toughest one that I ever did. And I've been, my biggest crowds was 2,500 people. Uh, I was at the colonial in Fort Worth. My short, smallest crowd was three. The wow. And for an entertainer, and I'm known as an entertainer more than I am a professional golfer. I just entertain with a golf club. Mm-hmm. The uh, the toughest one was it's Grand Cypress, which is a resort here in Orlando. The company that put up the money to build Grand Cypress was the Dutch fund of something or another from Holland or something. And the king came over to visit. Oh my goodness. It was him and his wife and child. And I had to do an exhibition. Only for them. Just for them. Now, so this, it wasn't that no one wanted to come to see your exhibition. It was a private exhibition for them. Yeah, it was just a private thing. And I don't think he understood anything I said, you know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> You're cracking all these jokes. And you have to be careful now when you start to insult a king, right? They, well, I probably said something to insult him, but <laughs> he probably didn't know it. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, off with your head. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, my the, goodness. And, of course, neither one of them played golf. And, and the kid, all he wanted to do was get a golf ball and throw it somewhere. You know, so how long did your exhibition last with that one? It lasted 30 minutes and that was the longest 30 minutes of my life. I think. <laughs> I bet it was. <laughs> and the fact that you were doing this for a King was probably not uh, really helpful against that. Right. Well, you know, I don't, uh, and it's funny you say that cause somebody, I went to a concert the other day and, um, the King didn't bother me. Nobody does. And, um, uh, went to a concert and I picked up a CD and like when I met you, I got some CDs from uh, Lauren Talley. Yeah. Lauren. Mm -hmm. And uh, everybody wants a CD signed. And the guys said, "Uh, you want me to just sign this to you? You want me to put the buddy? And I said, no, I don't take autographs. And here's what's crazy. I played the celebrity golf tour for 10 years with Larry Bird and uh, McMahon from Chicago bears Mm -hmm. and all these guys. Jim McMahon. Yeah. Yeah. He's crazy. The uh, <laughs> never met anybody. Uh, I mean, there was so many athletes on this celebrity golf tour that you could just get autographs and sell them whatever. But I told the guy the other night, I said, not to put you down, not want your autograph, but I decided a long time ago, when I meet somebody better than Jesus, then I'll get their autograph. Mm. Mm. 
And so anyway. There's no no <laughs> autographs for Buddy. <laughs> yeah. He's never going to meet somebody better than Jesus. And I'll, tell you, I'll tell you another funny one. Jim McMahon, and he's crazy. He plays golf uh, barefooted. And he cuts his cuts his own grass and wears a speedo to cut his grass. So his neighbors really love this. Oh but yeah, <laughs> that weird sight. I was doing an event with Jim McMahon, and he got up to say a few words, and somebody in the crowd said, uh, "You had to take a lot of medication when you were playing." And he said, "Yeah." He said, uh, "It got to the point where uh, I don't even remember what the product was, but it was a bad one. But the doctor let him take one before the game and one during the halftime." And he said, but at the end of the first quarter, he said, I had to take another one. And at the end of the half, he said, I had to take two more before I went back out to the third quarter. And the guy said, how'd that affect you? He said, I think it helped. He said, because all my receivers were running in slow motion. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yep, it was affecting him all right. Yeah. yeah. So in my travels, it's fun being with uh, CEOs of companies and celebrities and and all that kind of thing. And uh, as far as a king bothering me, uh, Ruth will tell you that uh, my self-confidence is pretty high. I can tell it is. And that's what makes you so funny. I mean, it it's a real gift to see somebody roast people continually as you do. And they all love it. The crowd was roaring the day that I, the first day that I saw you, and that's really fun too. What's the farthest away that you ever gave an exhibition? Oh gosh, here I am. I'm a pilot, and I should know. But which is further, Japan or Austria? Oh my gosh. Well, I couldn't answer that one either. Yeah, that's so. You've you've been a, truly around the world. Yeah, and Japan and Austria. I know it was 16 hours either way. So wow. So now you're a pilot. We got just enough time. You, what kind of, uh, do you still fly yourself now? No, I don't. I had a Beechcraft plane, gosh, back in the seventies cause my dad was a Beechcraft dealer up in mm-hmm. South Carolina. And, uh, I flew a little bit then, but it was one of those things where I did not do it for pleasure. You know, I flew it to get somewhere or go home and see the family in mm-hmm. South Carolina or, and, uh, the other thing I would do is I would charter the plane out and had a guy that would people places is so, that a bonanza is that what you it, had it was a beachcraft baron okay a baron so, yeah so basically it's a twin engine with a bonanza body mm-hmm. it's a beautiful plane i've been in it before yeah i love it my guest is buddy shelton we'll be back for one more segment with buddy don't go away this is afternoons with mike ec waters air conditioning and heat serves all your comfort needs with over 40 years experience EC Waters is a top train comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. Back one more segment with Buddy Shelton. He is known by many golfers as a master of trick shots, of humor. He did play on the PGA Tour for a number of years. What do you think, first of all, this just comes to mind about this new league, the Lived Tour? You know, they've been talking about that for years. I think uh, Greg Norman probably started talking about this 10 or 15 years ago. And basically, it's an all-star game. And... uh, at first, the PGA Tour was a little upset and everything, but it's kind of funny what they've done in the last year to uh, make the PGA Tour better because they're giving guys money now. I think they give $500,000 to everybody that qualifies at the first of the year. And back when I played, uh, I tried to get them. If, if you didn't make the cut Thursday and Friday, then you uh, didn't get anything. Right. And I said, well, take something away from the guys up front. The first three are making three or $400,000. If you took uh, 500 bucks from them or a certain amount, let's say 20 grand, they wouldn't notice it and spread it amongst the 70 guys that didn't make anything. Yeah, because they're out the money. Yeah, at least yeah. we'd have expense money. And yeah. But now they're doing that. Mm-hmm. And, and it comes to mind, uh, you talk about funny things that happen. Uh, uh, somebody asked me one time after I spoke, they said, um, 
And I, I open it up for questions a lot of times when I speak and at the exhibitions. And the guy said, you being a, a Christian and stuff, how do you feel about playing on Sundays? And I said, they play on Sundays? <laughs> <laughs> you never done that. <laughs> never made a cut is what you're saying. Yeah, I, was, I had standard reservations with Greyhound every Friday night. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and just assume that Buddy's not going to make the cut. Oh, my goodness. Well, you made the cut with uh, how you've done it, and that's beautiful. You said something earlier. I would like, if you can, to kind of go back to that for a moment about the role of evangelism in the life of a believer. We're all called to be an evangelist in one way or another. We're all called to share the and to be a witness for the Lord. That's one of my biggest arguments uh, with the Christian community. The, uh, a friend of mine, close friend, good guy, uh, goes to a church. I uh, won't name any churches or anything. But so many times, especially in the political side that we've gone through with Trump and all this stuff, uh, we visited his church, and uh, they did a kind of a little Trump rally before they got into the, the message. And this is an ongoing type thing. And uh, even the pastor asked me, uh, he saw me at, at uh, some kind of party, a birthday party for one of his uh, parishioners or something other. And he uh, asked me, he said, buddy, I hadn't seen you come visit us anymore. And he said, when are you going to come back? And I said, when y'all quit teaching politics from the pulpit. <laughs> I said, the deal is evangelism. It's nothing to do with politics. And so I asked the friend of mine that goes there, I said, you know what? I said, I know that uh, you're, you've got a good Christian church, but if I ask you to go there and say, how many of you have shared with somebody? Now, you've got 200 people sitting there. How many of you have shared the Lord with anybody in the last year? I'll bet money you won't find 20 people. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. Okay. The I believe that any time I meet anybody, I'm going to say something that shows them, and I'm not even sure what, you know, but it's going to be some kind of thing that leads them to the Bible or Jesus or something, because I don't believe in co- coincidences or just a happening. Mm-hmm. I think any time that somebody comes in my presence, that Lord has sent somebody to me to say something to. Mm-hmm. Waitress, doesn't matter. Mechanic, doesn't matter. And then when you do that, I know a lot of people, you've mentioned this, a lot of people are glad to have you share your faith in even large corporate gatherings. So you've not been afraid to do that even in those moments. No, and of course, I lost a lot of business. Uh, I don't want to say that I've been persecuted, but I think I know what persecution is. And Probably back in the early 2000s, shows started dropping off and exhibitions did. And um, guys would come to me and say, you know, we really love you. My customers love you and stuff. But a couple of them has said, you shouldn't have put Jesus into this or, or whatever. And and it's simple things. And, and I'll share something with you real quick in a minute. But um, one guy uh, wanted me to do three shows for some uh, casinos up on the Ohio River, and um, we had a, everything set a good amount, the pay was, and he said, uh, what size shirt you wear? And I said, uh, wear a large, and he said, we got some casino shirts we would like you to wear when you're here and doing your exhibitions. I was going to be there for a week, and I said, uh, uh, I'm sorry, I can't wear a shirt that's got the casino on it, and he said, why not? And I said, I'm not promoting a casino. I'm going to entertain your guest. But if I put a shirt on or it says on my golf bag, then people are going to think that I am promoting that. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm you're not endorsing doing, it. Yeah. yeah. I'm not doing that. And and he said, so you're going to pass up a three-week or a three-show to one-week deal because of a shirt? And I said, I guess so. And he said, uh, are you well off? And I said, no, but my father is. And he said, what's your father do? I said, he owns all the cattle on all these hills. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. You know, so, and it's, and it's funny. After that statement, he became more religious in our talk, in our conversation. Mm. 
So you don't have to pull out the Bible and thump on it and everything. You just put in one little thing. Yeah. Your courage to make a stand in that moment. Uh, it seems that so many people today are not making that kind of a stand today. And that's something that we need to do, right? Totally. And because when Jesus ascended, that's what he told us to do, I think. And then he say, go out and evangelize. Mm -hmm. You'll be my witnesses. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And nobody says anything. And uh, Ruth will tell you that uh, people, oh, I'm afraid of offending somebody. And I got in, in a discussion with my daughter the other night. She was talking about one of her friends in her neighborhood in Atlanta that uh, she's been friends with this woman for quite a while. And uh, the woman uh, is homosexual or gay, whatever you want to call it. And she drinks and she's Jewish, which doesn't really have anything to do with it. And uh, I asked my daughter, I said, when are you going to sh share with her? She said, well, I'm nice to her. She knows where I stand. She knows I believe in Jesus and, and this and that. And I said, no, I'm, when are you going to ask her if she were to die today, what's going to happen? Why can't people get to that point? I don't understand that. Mm -hmm. And as far as doing it at a golf event, and um, I don't know why. Well, I do know why. God puts things on my heart while I'm doing something, and it just comes to me. If he knows that you've got a little bit of education <laughs> into what's going on, and you've got some boldness, and you know you've been around me, you know I'm bold. Mm -hmm. I'll say anything. <laughs> you know, it's true. And I'm not even one of these guys that says, after I said it, I don't think, did you really say that? Yeah, no, you took my breath away a couple of times, buddy, when yeah. I heard you. I'm thinking, how is this guy going to get punched? <laughs> <laughs> I've probably said a lot of times. The um, but we're we're afraid to say something, and I and I just can't understand that because sooner yeah. or later, and I think it's Francis Assisi said something about if your actions don't do it, sooner or later you got to open your mouth. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And one thing that I've used with golf tournaments, uh, Barna did uh, a survey on golf tournaments, 100 golfers, and they found that uh, 35 to 55% had problems with divorce, financial problems, addictions, alcohol, pornography, went through the whole list, you know, and I thought, gosh, they, they've got a long list of things that people are having problems with. And one of the last tournaments I did, I got up there and I said, I want to speak to you about a survey that was made. And I named this 35 to 55%. And I said, and I think the percentage is wrong. Not that it should be lower. It's probably higher because somebody be lied. <laughs> right? You weren't being truthful. <laughs> and you know what? Two of the people out of 100 had thought about suicide. Oh. And so now it, I just, we're talking golf. We're talking about a survey to mm -hmm. golfers. So let me tell you something. God can solve those problems. And I've got a book, and I pass it out a lot, of 2,000 promises that God gives in the Bible to make your life better. Mm -hmm. And if you want some of that stuff solved, you've got to go to Jesus. That's all there is to it. And unfortunately, there's no standing ovations. <laughs> right. It gets awful quiet. And one or two people will come up and say, thanks for your courage. Yeah. You spoke the truth. And sometimes in this day and age, especially. We don't uh, want to hear the truth. Yeah. People don't want to hear it. And they act offended if you share something at all about the Lord. Yeah. And if you mention, like you said earlier, you mentioned Jesus by name. They they only know that one way, and that is in slaying or cursing tones. That's the only time they'll ever uh, acceptably want to hear that thing, right? That, that name, which is the the name above all names. But buddy, you've done it consistently, and you've found a way to weave humor and fun, and even like you said, some cynical tones of. Uh, mm -hmm. 
being insulting in a fun way to people. And it, it's just a wonderful experience to have been in one of your, I've actually been in two of them in your exhibitions and to watch you do these marvelous tricks. You've been retired from this type of thing, but you still give some exhibitions, right? Yeah, I still do it. You're still you know, out there. The only thing that retired me was COVID, you know, because we couldn't have uh, golf tournaments anymore. And even if they have one, they don't have a time of eating together or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So what I'm doing now is, uh, hopefully falling back on my who I am and what I've done uh, to get me into churches to uh, speak to men's groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of them have church golf tournaments, which I can help them with. And, uh, but I would love to go and talk to a men's uh, ministry. Well, there you go, friends. If you're listening to this and you would like a real innovative speaker for your men's ministry, Buddy Shelton is the man. Buddy, give us how people can contact you. Buddy at BuddyShelton.com. That's easy. That's so you have your simple. own domain, your own website then at www.BuddyShelton.com. And that's Shelton, S-H-E-L-T-O-N. Correct. Yeah. And you can get in touch with them. And uh, I know that you're in the Central Florida area. Uh, I know Buddy would love to come. And friends, I can give you a personal word This man is the real deal. He's hilarious, but he loves the Lord as well. It's really been a delight to have you. What are your hopes for 2023, buddy? On the way down to see, uh, I told my wife, uh, we were thinking about moving somewhere, but the Villages is uh, a great mission field. Uh, They've got 100 churches, and I would like to speak in every church uh, once a week. Wow. All right. That's a great goal to have. Well, our friends in the villages, there you go. Hopefully uh, you can use Buddy this year. And it would be great if you did. I know your congregation will love it. Buddy Shelton, my guest today. Join us next time right here on The Shepherd.